Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to episode six of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Last week we had a massive episode talking about the reality of competing. So thank you to everyone who shared, reposted, tagged their friends, wrote a review on that podcast because as seasoned competitors, I suppose we can call ourselves that now. Um, we felt felt like it was our duty to educate you guys kind of on what to expect based on our own personal experiences, of course. Yeah. And like um, Danny and I said in the podcast, it's it's the slap in the face that I guess we wish that we had when we first commenced our first prep mm. and then came out the back end of it, which is what I guess we're going to speak about today. Yeah. So today we will be talking about what happens after the comp. So The more that you do a show, you know how to handle the repercussions, so to speak, after. And there may not even be any, which is great. So the more you apply the principles that we taught you in episode five, the less lost, so to speak, you'll feel after. So Mm. that's what we're going to talk about today. Mm. I guess um, before we get into the episode today, everyone is well aware of, I guess, the bushfires that are happening in Australia. Mm. And we just wanted to take, you know, um, a bit of time to, I guess speak about that and acknowledge it and just give our love and compassion to everyone who's really struggling during this time yeah it's it's sort of seems it's hard to be posting gym selfies and talking about sort of everyday life things that in the scheme of things aren't actually problems because all we have to do is look out the window and see all the smoke and and just turn on the news and you just see it's like a a war zone out there and it's almost hard to think about anything else so rather than pushing it under the rug we wanted to use our platform that we've created now to just keep spreading that awareness and and know that as Australians and people worldwide, we are thinking of those in trouble and in need. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if this devastation has done any positivity, it's it's been to see, I guess, how all the different businesses, influencers and social media pages have, I guess, band together mm. and really voice the message, holding fundraisers, donating. It's just been really beautiful. And I think it's what we do really well in Australia as a country. Yeah, so let's keep doing that and and sending love and thoughts and prayers out to everyone. And there are lots of different uh, ways that we can help. Donations are the main things that people want rather than material things. So just donate, even if it's $5 to the Red Cross or some of the wildlife rescue uh, companies, you know, every little bit counts. It sure does. And I think just to remember that, you know, you can only do so much um, on your own, but together we can do so much more. So every cent really does count, uh, whether it's to go towards the firefighters or, you know, fuel or food for those who are affected, it all contributes. Yeah. And just be mindful of your water usage over the next few weeks. Mm. Um, Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. On that note. Yeah. So moving into the episode, guys, post-comp. So a lot of you, I guess, follow both Danny and myself on social media. You are well aware that we are well into our improvement season. Mm, Improvement season. How many weeks are we post-comp? Oh, October. I think we're 12 November, weeks. December, I'm using my hands. January, <laughs> that's 12 weeks. We're about 12 <laughs> weeks post-comp. So, yep. you know, we're pretty much out of that initial post-comp blues phase, you yeah. would call it. Yeah, so I suppose with post-comp blues, we've experienced, well, you've done 10 shows, I've done five, which is heaps. So we've had that time after a show many times mm. now, and it's different each time. So post-comp blues, I remember when I first started, I expected that because I heard about it. I'm like, oh, I'm, I should have to feel like shit after a comp because that's part of it, post-comp mm. blues, which I feel you hardly really hear that anymore. Mm. That's interesting because I I didn't. <laughs> oh, I, was, yeah. I guess, like I said, I had no freaking idea what I was doing. <laughs> so then I was, I guess, I, yeah, I felt a little bit lost. I was sort of like, okay, tick. Mm. Now what? Mm. And that's what happens when you sort of go in and think that that actual show day is going to change your life Mm. because it's a big build up. You put all this hard work in, you don't enjoy the process, you get to the day, all your happiness is placed on that outcome and then it's gone. And that's why the feelings can come after of feeling lost, of of not knowing your worth or what you're even doing anymore. Yeah. That's where it comes from. And it does happen, guys, after any significant event that has been really difficult. For example, 
a lot of women that get postnatal depression. Mm. It's not because it's a sad time at your life. You've had this epic build-up. You've given birth. You've done all these amazing things. And, and a lot of women do go through postnatal depression and they feel guilt for it, shame mm. for it. But, you know, it's like a lot of things. When we do um, go through this huge journey and this huge process and then it's finished you sort of do feel a bit empty, a mm. bit lost, a bit mm. confused. You know, you've you've had all this adrenaline and and then what? Like it's 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 a process you've gone through and now it seems like it's finished. Yes. So today we're going to give you some of the tips and tools and strategies that we use to maximize the time after a show because that's the majority of your life. Like when you're not competing because you're only you're prepping 16 to 20-ish weeks, mm. really, there's a whole other, other half of the year, if not yeah. more. So it's important to handle this as well as you'd handle your comp prep because, honestly, I think this part's actually harder. Oh, 100% harder. <laughs> mm. I think most people that have um, done consecutive shows or have competed a lot would agree that post-comp is tough. It's, yeah. it's harder than the prep mm. because with the prep, you have an aim, a goal, and an objective to work towards. Whereas when you finish the show, that that motivating trigger is not there anymore, and you need that's when you need to harp on your internal motivators yeah. and what actually drives you to keep yourself grounded and moving forward. Yeah, and from an athlete's point of view, if you want to enhance your physique that you have on stage next time, this is where the hard work continues, and if not, even more so, mm. to build up, to change your physique. Because dieting down is one thing, and that's hard enough in itself, but to rebuild, remodel, get your hormones in check, and, and get back into, so to speak, the normal world, like that's tough, but very important. Yeah, both physically and mentally. So mm. physically, restoring yourself, um, keeping your training optimal, keeping your nutrition on point. But then mentally as well, I guess, dealing with um, the weight gain that is unavoidable, that's going to happen, mm. uh, and how that makes you feel. Yeah, definitely. So it is important to recognize, as we mentioned in the last episode, that every sport has... Sometimes people call it an off-season. It's a bit different in bodybuilding because that word makes everyone think that they just let go of everything. Oh, mm. it's an off-season. But there's a time where you're not peaking mm. in every single sport and bodybuilding is one of them. Yeah, exactly. Every single sport has an off-season. Mm. And by off-season, it means just downtime. Like you've got to give your body a chance to recover. You've got to reduce your training, eat more. You've got to take yourself out of that catabolic state and allow your body to repair. Mm. Otherwise, yep. you can't come back stronger. Like, that is the whole aim of the game. Yeah, yeah. So, before we get into the tips and strategies, how would you say over the years your uh, building season, improvement season has changed? I would say that I've probably only had maybe two years of proper building in my off seasons. Oh. Because I guess I didn't have a coach for my first while competing. Yep. I sort of just lived in comp prep mode, to be honest. Like, I didn't ever intentionally reverse diet out. Like, I had breaks, but I just stopped. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I was pretty lucky that this was already my lifestyle. So, mm. you know, my off-season habits were of, like, a competitor. Just yep. at a less extreme level, if that makes sense. Like, I still ate well. I still trained in the gym for enjoyment. Yeah. Um, I just had more time and I didn't do them as um, regimentedly. So, yep. yeah, I mean, the most um, extreme that I probably went with a reverse diet was when I went overseas the following day after The following show. day? <laughs> Great idea. Wow. <laughs> but I competed and this is when I was... At my lightest weight of 46 kilos on stage, I was mm. really small. Uh, just for comparison, I think I was 54 kilos at my last show. So it's quite yeah. a big difference. But after this show, so I competed on the Saturday and then Luke and I went backpacking for a few months um, in Europe and we left on the Sunday. So yeah. I was literally like on the plane still in my tan going, yeah, yeah Europe. <laughs> but like, Europe shred. Yeah, let's go. But had no idea. Like I said, I was so naive. I'm like, that'll be sweet. I came back from Europe at the exact same weight. Did you? Weight. Yeah. There you go. So I guess I reverse dieted. I moved more. Yeah. I ate more. My neat levels went up, meaning I did far more steps. Yeah. Um, 
I stuck to mostly proteins and things like that because I just that was just a habit that I have is eating high protein. Mm. And I came back, I'd lost muscle. Most definitely I'd lost muscle because I didn't train for the whole time really. I hit the gym mm. a couple of times. But yeah, like th- that was that was really interesting to me. It was good to do that because I come back and I was like, I'm going to be a mess when I come back. Mm. I was fine. There you um, go. This is really interesting because I actually went to Europe probably two weeks after my second comp and <laughs> complete opposite, which is, yeah, what happens when you... So yours was obviously a little bit more tame than mine and that's fine. Mm. When my liver got a bloody workout, I'll tell yeah. you that. I ended up coming back probably five kilos, literally five kilos heavier. I made a post on it, but, but I'm comparing right. from stage weight. That's probably I right. went out, I yep. partied, I ate gelati for breakfast, did the complete <laughs> opposite. Yeah. It was a five-week bender with the girls, but I don't know. It is what it is. Probably not the most safest thing to do, and I definitely felt the repercussions after. Yeah, but physically, I bet you would have. We all went in sort of blinded and yeah. did what literally got blind, and that's it. Like, yeah. did what we need to do. Yeah, whereas I guess um, we were very much tourists on our trip. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it was non-stop. I reckon if I had a Fitbit, I would have averaged 30,000 steps a day. Like, we just were constant tourists. But, you know, Mm. you live and you learn. And and just because, I guess, you put on weight doesn't mean that mine was any more ideal. I mean, like, I probably wasn't fueling my body Mm. correctly. I lost muscle. So... But we lived life. Yeah, that's right. And that takes... goals. Yeah, and that takes us into one of the topics we want to talk about. There are so many other elements to life that need to be enjoyed, traveling, spending time with your partner. You know, I had my time with my friends and there's more to life than just always being in comp prep mode because it's very limiting. Although it's fulfilling in itself, it only ticks one of the boxes of what living a truly fulfilled life entails. Mm, yeah. So it's and important to recognize. Yeah. One of my greatest joys in life is traveling. Like I love traveling. Mm. been quite fortunate to have done a lot of it. And it's one of those things that I guess you realize that if when you are traveling, training is on the back burner. Mm. Your nutrition is on the back burner. You can only control so much. Mm. And that's good. Like that's refreshing. It takes you out of routine. It shows you, you know, what's what's in the real world and it gives you so much perspective. Mm. And I think that's important. You're right, because when I first started competing, I was too scared to be flexible because I wasn't educated on how to do so. Everything was by the book. So having that freedom of travel would stress me out yep. or even just, okay, I've finished my comp. Like, yes, I had guidance, but it was still within my own limiting beliefs that mm. I didn't, I felt like I had to stick to everything. So I found it hard to be flexible after, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, it definitely has taught me how to be flexible. Like I still remember, mm. um, like in Paris, I remember ordering some sort of chicken dish and it was like literally a couple of days after I'd competed. So I was still very much, I guess, in yeah. that frame of mind. And I remember ordering this chicken dish and it come out as deep fried chicken oh. and I was like, <laughs> like you know there's, there's not much benefit about deep fried to be honest no. I can ca- happily say that with a flexible dieting approach yeah um and I remember just looking down and being like I've paid like you know 50 bucks for this chicken like it was everything so expensive yeah, over yeah. in Paris and it was like this thing and I just ate it and I was like it's fine and that was pretty much the theme of the rest of my trip like I yeah I Whatever, like it was fine. I'm not mm. going to, you know, not experiment and taste culture. That's right. The yeah. five kilos, they would have been bloody worth it. Oh, it took until, because once I got over that slump of air, screw it, mm. then, which isn't good mindsets, but I'm here to be real. And like, I went from being, oh, I've just done a comp. I want to hold on, hold on, hold on. Kind of like your deep fried chicken moment. <laughs> a couple of shots in Croatia sale. Forget it. We were on. So yeah, whatever. You come back, you go back into normal routine. Oh, exactly. But, and that's why it's so important to build those habits because you have time off, you come back and you're like, okay, I yeah. miss my routine. I'm ready to get back into it. Yeah. You're not lost on this big journey and, and adopt all these new habits because habits take a long time to accumulate. That's the same right. as they don't just fizzle off after even, you know, a month. They mm. take a long time to fizzle off. Yeah. And it's important because, well, it's different if you know that you're in an improvement season and there's another show coming up versus thinking you're never going to compete again which is when we had coffee that time as I mentioned in the last uh, podcast Sherelle was in prep I wasn't in prep but I wasn't feeling that good about myself not the way I looked 
just something wasn't sitting right. And then after talking to Sherelle, just rattling off ideas about life and where we're at, I realized I dropped the ball on all of the processes that served me. And all of those processes did once get me to stage. And I'm not talking about dieting, I'm talking about journaling, meditation, goal setting, just feeling driven towards something. And that was leading me to feel a bit off about the current state that I was in. So I used the October show as that driving and pulling force so I could get my shit together, start journaling, start all of that again, and getting on stage was secondary to that. So that switch in goal setting and mindset and using the stage uh, really helped for me to enhance all other areas of life. Mm. And it was a real cool turning point. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people rag on about New Year's resolutions and the start of a new year, new decade, new year, new me. But I think it's great whether it is, you know, the start of 2020 that is motivating you. What is wrong with having a New Year's resolution to pull you in line? There was mm. nothing wrong with using that concept to actually give you the motivation because to like form any behavior, we need motivation there. It's the first principle. We need motivation. No, you can't rely on it forever, mm. but it is the first thing that will get you started as well as having your goals process-driven rather than objectively driven. So mm. rather than saying, I'm going to place fifth, in this show, or at least fifth, you say, I'm going to bring my best package. Yeah. You know, it's you're focusing on setting process driven goals rather than having a fixed objective measure on it. And that's yeah. what Danny did. She set pro- process goals. Mm, mm. And that's why, well, it's not the reason why I was successful. Um, I've worked hard, obviously, for it, and I've done many shows before, but it was the reason why I went in it. And I wasn't overly stressed. I wasn't erratic. I, I kind of was really humble and at peace with the situation. So that was really cool. Mm. So the point now where I'm going to do another one, obviously, as yeah. we spoke about. Yeah. So getting back to um, why we're here as well. So I suppose that brings us to our first point of not in the of first building season. Do not let go of all of the processes that just served you. Yeah. So like Danny just said about the journaling and the mm. meditating, those processes serve her processes. Mm. Um, and everyone has their own unique set of processes that they go through that sort of keeps them on track or pulls them towards the goals that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Even if it's as simple as going to the gym, Yeah, like keep going because mm. it makes you feel good. Yeah, exactly. It's not always just about what makes you look better as well. You know, you don't just eat this for breakfast because it's most optimal for your health. Mm. Generally, all these things, they set you up for the day. Definitely. And staying with the coach, if you've just had a coach for X amount of time, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need a coach now. It's the off season and I can go do whatever the hell I want. No, Mm -hmm. stick with them. Have that little bit of accountability. Have that guidance. Work on your next physique for next time. But even if you're not competing again, just it's not always about getting on a stage. It's you're transforming your mind and your body for life mm, so exactly. stay with your coach and a coach is not just there for direction they're there for accountability it's mm. why people have business coaches and and all sorts of coaches it's it's to hold that accountability in place and give you guidance and having a mentor in your off season is really valuable it's something mm. that you know i've only really succumbed to believe in the last i guess couple of years mm. having a coach in your off season and, and how that can i guess keep you accountable to working towards your goals and making sure that you are progressing in some way, shape or form. Yeah, definitely. And it's important because you save so much time because these people are elite in their field. If you get a, a good coach, that is, I suppose, whatever. <laughs> Not all. Yeah. You, you learn from them and save time rather than trying to figure out all the answers yourself. Exactly. Invest in yourself because yeah. that's the best investment you'll ever have learn from the best and who knows look at us now we're now teaching others because we've picked the brains of so many amazing people Mm. so yeah exactly and i guess it's really a really good opportunity uh, regarding competing specifically for your coach or mentor to learn more about you and understand you because danny will appreciate you just can't 
figure someone out from 12 weeks and diet yeah. them down and get them to their best shape. It takes a long time to understand their body. Mm. And now that you've got go through, I guess, a dieting phase with your coach, they can understand how you respond to a calorie deficit. Yeah. But they don't really know how you respond to a reverse diet or a building phase or different cycles or mesocycles of training and what that looks like. And, yeah. you know, now they have the base knowledge. They know roughly what your stage weight could or should be. Mm. Um, they know, you know, how adaptive your metabolism is and they know sort of certain factors but they definitely don't have all the pieces to the puzzle that's right because if you disappear for the time that you're not in comp prep then come back expect the same plan to be handed to you that's that's not uh correct because you've just spent eight months going off and changing your physiology and body composition you need a different way to diet down next time it's never the same thing or for those who are like i've done it before i'll just use this same plan that i used two years ago it's not gonna freaking work you know and a lot of people probably do that oh everyone does it that's what yeah i've heard it so many times which it makes sense if you don't know yeah but we're not i'm not taking the piss or anything but i am a little bit but just to (laughs) teach you um in a way that will stick to you and be like oh shit that's actually me Mm. what the hell yeah because you'd think that it would work but it doesn't yeah there's been times when i've dieted down and had to get my calories a lot lower than previously Mm. Uh, and vice versa sometimes i've been able to diet on higher calories and you know the metabolism is so complex we Mm. can't fully understand it but you just need someone to i guess from the outside objectively look at what's happening assess all the variables who's probably uh their cognition's a lot higher than yours when you're dieting yeah and be able to make those changes you know with rational decisions yeah definitely definitely so once you've dieted down, you've had show day and then coming out of it, it's what we call reverse dieting and you may have heard that. So do you want to explain a little bit about reverse dieting, what that actually is? Yeah, so when you have been dieting down for a show or even just to lose body fat in general, we have to reduce our calories. So generally you're going to reduce your calories from your carbohydrates and your fat sources until your body composition changes, you lose weight on the scales and then eventually you will adapt. It's not a matter of if, it's just when you adapt. Mm. And then you have to further reduce your calories again. So reverse dieting is basically the opposite of this. Mm. So you increase your calories, mostly from carbohydrates and fats, and do it in a controlled manner whilst you're gaining weight. Mm. You should technically um, gain weight in a reverse diet. Some people will maintain Uh, lucky people other people some people may actually lose a little bit of weight i know i did the first time i reverse dieted i lost weight as my body uh, adapted and increased movement and output is this Um, when you're in europe or is this a different one well i I probably did then but yeah um when i competed in april i lost two kilos in a reverse diet yeah because your body like feeds off that extra fuel and then it's just like a it just keeps going and going. Yeah. So then it's you're still in that phase of um, burning energy yeah, a like, little while after. Yeah. But then it stops. Then you've got to catch yeah. that bit. Damn it. That was a nice little wave yeah. there. You're like a little rabbit or a, a mouse on a wheel. Like you run, <laughs> as, the, as you get more food, you start running a bit faster. Well, yeah. And it goes and goes and goes and goes. Then one day, whoop. I mean, like, oh, we're like that all the time, aren't we? Yeah. Bloody hell. We sure are. <laughs> but basically, guys, as we're getting on... Reverse diet is the opposite of dieting. Yeah. So whatever time you're dieting for, they say that you should be reverse dieting for roughly the same time. If you've dieted for 12 oh, weeks, yeah. you should be reverse dieting for at least 12 weeks. Yeah, so um, slow, monitored, controlled calories. Otherwise, you have the two examples. Sherelle, she kind of did it well when she went to Europe. I didn't. I just ate, did whatever. I was the one who put on five kilos, you know? And that's just what happens. Yeah. And sometimes, like, that five kilos is probably going to happen. But it's just whether you're okay with it happening quickly or Mm. slowly. So I think that's something that people need to understand is reverse diet isn't magic. And a lot of people throw it around like, yeah, I reverse dieted, I stayed shredded, Mm. and everyone else that can't do that, you know, their shit. And it's not the case. Like a reverse diet is just about um, physically as much as mentally controlling the weight gain. So some people reverse dieting isn't appropriate. Some people who have really... um, effective metabolisms that just adapt really easy maybe they don't need to reverse diet maybe they're more beneficial that jumping straight back into their normal calories it just depends on your your body and of course listening to your coach yeah and also listening to that inner voice that i know i've had oh 
you know, I'm out of comp prep now and I can't have this extra whatever. I'm building muscle now. I can eat this. And then that's what happened before last show. I just started um, because I was not that I'm blaming the powerlifting, but I'm like, oh, I'm trying powerlifting now. I can eat blah, 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 because I'm trying to get strong, which is complete bullshit. And I just use that as an excuse to eat more food to the point where I'm like, shit, I'm not actually liking how I look or feel or the fact that as I said, letting go of the processes. So there's that inner voice that you got to catch out and be like, yes, I am building muscle, mm. but it's not an excuse to just not be disciplined. Yeah. Mm. Something that you've got to learn to do when you're practicing self-control is pull yourself up on your own bullshit. Yeah. And I say this <laughs> not lightly because I say it to people that I'm close with, like pull yourself up, mm. pull yourself up on your bullshit. Stop telling yourself that, that lie because you do you you tell yourself oh i need all this extra carbs to train yeah no you don't Mm. like you can still get strong in a calorie deficit you don't need it like you know if you're not dieting hard you don't need to worry about all these other little things so yeah just pull yourself up and practice discipline don't let it all go i had to pull myself up um well not pull myself up you know winning the last show i got some amazing people around me. They're like, Danny, as soon as you come back to Melbourne, we're going to get so drunk, this and that. I'm like, yeah. And I did it. Like, it was cool. <laughs> a couple yeah. of times. Like, you know what? I'm just going to go out. But then it kept happening. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm literally doing the complete opposite of what I just did to yeah. win that damn show in the first place. You no wonder time, I feel like you? shit. What do you mean yeah. after? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it was about a... Of nearly two weeks of celebrating in just in fun. forms of just being social, but I was having later nights. I didn't go crazy and like drink and you know one or two drinks, but it was all just so the complete opposite of what I just done. That I'm like, okay, I need to be disciplined. And to the friends that wanted to catch up, cool, let's go for a nice walk outside mm. or something mm. like that. Um, always take control of yourself. Like I'm not blaming anyone for wanting to take me out. That's great. But then I had to go, okay, Danny, say yes to this, say no to this, you know, be gracious, but make the decisions that help you. Yeah, exactly. Just practicing that discipline and mm. holding yourself accountable as well, which I guess is why it's important, like we said, to have a coach and have direction and support yeah. around you and a good network. Oh, because I had to bloody check in still. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, there was no running away. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and that is one of the best things about check-ins. Yeah. So that being taking photos or measurements and yeah. and yeah, describing to your coach where you're at. Sometimes it's the accountability is sometimes more valuable than the data. Like oh, yeah. let's be honest, it's sort of like Sherelle, where are you? Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, just going back to reverse dieting, so it's not rocket science. It's just slowly increasing and monitoring. That's all yeah. it is then reassessing and adjusting. It's not rocket science. Theoretically, it'd be easy to do it on your own. But mm. like we just said, that accountability is invaluable. Yeah, the accountability and the, the changes in lifestyle factors and a lot of people in society think the amount of times I go, oh, cool. So um, the amount of times people that have said to me, oh, so you can eat whatever you want now. Or, oh, so you're not going to be training now. I'm like, well, no, Mm. I am because that's what makes me feel good. Mm. No, I'm not going to be doing as long as training sessions. I'm going to be a bit more social and and have different foods that I might not have had. But I'm not just going to let go of everything. Yeah. Mm. And the four words that you always get asked, are you still dieting? Oh, what's that even mean? My God. (laughs) Because to me, the word diet has a different terminology yeah like when at work in the, in the hospital like i'd say a light ward diet a post-op diet a diabetic diet cardiac diet a diet is just merely the food sources and the selection and the quantity put together as to what you eat it's yep. not a like a fat loss diet is a type of diet mm, so mm. when i when people ask me are you still dieting it's like well yes i'm still eating yeah so, yeah what do you mean am i still dieting yeah oh, yeah nuts i know the the things yeah but we just put it down to people not really knowing and i don't expect them to know it to our level and we just got to be humble and 
yeah and that's the way patient that's the way that society perceives diet as well but Mm. one of the most i guess empowering things that you can realize if fat loss mainly is your main goal is to realize that fat not fat loss diets are not in isolation they're not just something you do once yeah you're never going to be satisfied Mm. and you're always it's okay to be like yep i'm doing a mini cut i'm gonna have a little bit of a fat loss phase now then i'm gonna reverse back out live life for a while, have a few cocktails. A few months later, I might be ready to diet again. Mm. It's okay to do that and realize that throughout your life, you're not just going to diet once and lose all the weight that you want to. Yeah. You're going to do it multiple times. It's a process like what we just spoke about. It cycles and it, it has to happen. We have to have phases of uh, peaking for something, whether it be uh, a holiday or going out on the beach or a show, but you have to ease up on the on the dieting i use that with inverted commas because hormones Mm. and this is an area that we will be elaborating on in a separate podcast about women's reproduction but i myself uh am still inconsistent with my menstrual cycle not that i'm blaming comp prep because i do it in a safe way but there's a lot of factors that go into it but for i notice I have less movement, so to speak, down there and knowing, okay, yep. we're sort of asleep down there now uh, when I am dieting. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And there's been times when um, I can tell that my metabolism has slowed right down. Mm. I don't get hungry. And that sounds great when you're dieting, but it's not because I know it's like, great, I'm not hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Things aren't firing, you know, metabolism's not working and, and it's, I hate that. It's always towards the end of a prep and I know like nothing's making me hungry and it's yeah. probably when I'm, I'm nearly at my tether. Um, well, that's the body's way of survival mode. Yeah. It's not going to be throwing extra energy into reproduction, into your metabolism because mm. right now essentially it's trying to survive because yep. you're not eating as much. Yeah. And I remember vividly being like to Luke, nothing reproductive is happening down there. Mm, there mm. is, you know, you... It's, it's a weird feeling as a woman when you know that nothing's going on in there. Oh, yeah. Isn't it weird? Mm. You're sort of like, you know how you feel your stomach going? There's nothing happening in my ovaries right now. Yeah. I am not secreting anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's really important as females to have breaks. And because bodybuilding is a male sport, let's be real, it's always been led by men. Uh, you need to realize that we're not small men and yeah. that we can't diet and cycle and train like men. We can't yeah. do the volume. Oh, maybe we can research says Women can do more volume. Yeah, well, we but, need more volume, yeah. But, but other things. other things, everything else, our mm. physiology isn't designed for it. We're supposed to have body fat because fat makes us fertile. Yeah. Now, in saying that, it's easy to rattle off the science and that fat makes us fertile. When it comes down to it, it's hard to get used to putting the kilos back on. Oh. Bloody hell. And oh. we're in that phase now. <laughs> a couple of kilos up from stage, probably a bit more than a couple. Yeah. Um, but it's normal, guys. Yeah. It's so normal. Yeah. And I was saying this to Danny before that something that I've changed my thoughts on is thinking that someone who was leaner or maintained a leaner body fat percentage than me has dieted harder. And I think as women, we need to realize that that's just not the case because our hormones and our body type and our genetics play a huge difference in our body fat percentage Mm. from woman to woman. And some women that are really lean all year round still menstruate through to comp at their leanest body fat percentage. Whereas other women, as soon as they have any stress, i.e. a calorie deficit, they lose their period. And that's their unfortunate reality. And we just need to accept that about each other. Yeah, everyone's different. We all have different body types. It's about really embracing which phase we are in, Mm. whether it be the dieting phase, whether it be coming out of it. um, Because, look, we're human. And as we mentioned in the podcast, in episode five about uh, competing, if we're just purely doing it for the six-pack, that's when you're going to come into trouble post-comp because it's going to disappear. Mm. If you're just doing it for the day, the show day is going to disappear too. So applying those principles really help how you feel after because after's bloody hard. And it's even hard for people like myself and I'm sure you have your difficulties too. And we applied all of our principles. So imagine if you didn't. Yeah, It's hard imagine. to see your body change in a way, but then you've got to work on uh how you view yourself Mm. particularly looking at yourself like an athlete i tell myself well if i'm to make improvements for next time 
this has to happen. Mm. Otherwise, I'll look the same or worse. Yeah. And unfortunately, society just slaps a label of what fitness is these days. Yeah. And it's something that I myself am trying to pull myself up on is only feeling like I can post content when I was lean mm. or all these amazing photos. You know, I've really tried to detach myself and be like, show yourself all year round. And yeah. a lot of girls don't do that enough is... Mm. Show what a real body's woman, a real body, a real woman's body looks like. Yeah. And I sort of, um, you know, working as a midwife, I'm very fortunate to have perspective on what a woman's body can do and look like. Yeah. And it, it makes me feel a little bit sad when I see what the fitness side rewards femininity as. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, learning to love yourself all year round is easier said than done mm. but it's what we need to start representing more of yeah it's definitely a false reality the whole fitness world it's like it's not what real life is no. as you said you're dealing with women on a daily basis at work and even just looking at people in the street in a non-judgmental way but for some reason when you're pulled into the fitness vortex which it's amazing but it's just not real life no it's because you step out into reality and you're like oh shit yeah. Again, you don't judge anyone, but no one's concerned about how they're, they're looking to the point of, yeah, our level of attention to detail. Exactly. I think that's what it is because everything's enhanced. We... Like I'm noticing my VMOs. Oh, no, not VMOs because that doesn't exist. It's called a VM. Yeah. Oh, caught myself out. You would have caught me out. But I'm noticing like that small muscle there or like, oh, how the rear delts look into that. Just little stuff like that. Yeah. It's weird. Like it just comes with the sport. But what you've got to realize even on social media, a lot of the one percenters talk to the other one percenters and they forget about the 99% the real world. And you know, I know that I make a conscious effort when I get on my stories and talk. Like, I try to make sure that I'm speaking to the 99%. Yeah. Because they're the ones who we really want to get the message across to and, and mm. you know, share this body positivity. And I know that um, I had someone message me and say, like, they appreciated my body when it's lean and comp prep and stuff like that. But there was this photo of me on the beach when I was well into my off season saying like, this is my goal. This is my body. Yeah. We've got to be and careful like, about that. Hey. Like, Oh, this is why I never get on and I voice my insecurity or so say thick, feeling thick. Yeah. I never, never, you know, you just got to be so careful because your thick is someone else's thin. And, yeah. You know, you're not thick. Mm. <laughs> you're thicker sure thicker than what you once were but it depends what example you're trying to set to you're right other people looking because most people yeah just the nature of yeah. how we are and it comes back to pulling yourself up on your own bullshit yeah like you know luke's always very good this um good to me when i sort of say Everyone has fat days. I don't care. Everyone has fat days. Doesn't matter how skinny you are. What do you mean by a fat day you though? You feel heavier. Okay. You feel you feel bigger. Yeah. You know, whether you're bloated or you're just holding fluid, you just, you know, sometimes your clothes are a bit tighter. Everyone has those sort of, yeah. you know, not everyone feels great every day. Yeah. But you still got to be cautious with how you voice those insecurities. Yeah. And I know that anytime I say, oh, they, do they, these pants make me look fat, you know, I don't really say that. I was going to say that. that. <laughs> Who wear, I don't wear pants. But like, <laughs> but if I said something like that, Luke would be the first one to turn around and say, don't fucking say that. Yeah. You know, like, don't say that. And yeah. I'm very cautious as to I don't, I don't. Even, you know, five kilos heavier than my stage, I never would say, Get, geez, I'm looking fat right now. Mm. Some days, because, yeah, it's just, you look at yourself and you're a bit softer, but it is a bit of a warped view. Like, I know that I do, but I don't, you catch yourself out on the shit that you're talking about yourself. Like, never put yourself down. Pull yourself um, up. Yeah, you just got to keep pulling yourself up. But it is normal to have those thoughts. It is normal. It yeah. is normal. But you just got to be cautious of how you voice it because yes. you don't want to make it a reality. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important to set other goals because as we've mentioned, we've just been so laser focused on this amazing goal that is competing. And then you come out of it and you can feel lost if you don't have any goals. So sit your ass down and start writing some new goals. And I don't mean I'm going to do this show next. No, life goals, Mm. career, 
business, personal relationships, training goals that don't involve getting shredded, you know, like strength goals, super important. Anything besides aesthetic goals. Yep. You know, anything that makes you look in the mirror, don't use it. Yeah. You know, it's important to focus on these other things because especially if you are a competitor, you will have to look at your body and judge it for mm-hmm. probably six months of the year. You know, you're looking at your body every day, you're trying to objectively notice changes, you're measuring your body weight, you're tracking all these sorts of things. Mm. So you need to mentally prepare yourself and give yourself that time off so that when you do come back to the drawing board, you're not, you know, mentally exhausted. Yeah, yeah it can definitely be mentally exhausting. Um, when it does come to goal setting, a lot of my biggest wins in life as in like, They've happened when I'm not focusing on the comp. Like I moved out of home last last uh, building season, you know, changed careers, did all this, forming personal relationships. Yeah. So much other cool stuff can happen. Processes. If happen. you make it happen. Yeah. yeah, processes. And you've got so much more time. And yeah. I guess in the past, I didn't like post-comp because I was like, now what? Yes. Whereas now... I think about post-comp and I'm like, how exciting. I can do this. Well, we started this this. podcast. We started this podcast. It had to wait until comp was over because, you know, we were both very excited. But, uh, you know, we said, no, we've got six weeks until we compete. Let's hold it off. You know, so you've got time back. You've got so much more time back to accomplish other things. What are some of the goals that you've got outside of physical I should say well yeah the, uh, definitely uh, wanting to expand my career and just continue to do this sort of stuff mm. put content out and use this energy now that I have and, and put it towards things I'm passionate about um, building personal relationships again as well it's really important to spend time with people that's one of my values so I always like to do that yeah um, yeah so really just trying to I map out what's important to me in life and then what can I do in those categories. So, Mm, 100%. Yeah, what about yourself? Um, Yeah, I have a few. Like at the start of every year, as cliche as it is, I always write down like a list of physical, professional, personal goals. Mm. Um, Some of my, for my professional, like I am stepping into the fitness industry now, which is really exciting and sort of giving nursing and midwifery um, a bit of time off. Still definitely working, but just pouring some more energy into fitness, which is what I'm passionate about. Yeah, amazing. And personal, or I don't even know if this is personal, but I'm actually going to start doing some pole dancing or dancing classes. Hey! I know! Mamacita! That's cool! (laughs) In a Beyonce. Oh, yeah! Yeah. That's fun. Trying out new things and not being scared to do it. You know, you get so regimented in... You know, hitting your training split and legs mm. three days a week, and you sort of forget about all these other things and go, oh, maybe I should try this. You know, you don't know unless you try. Yeah, that's really cool. And now's the time to exactly try new things. But as a, well, we're both competing in the pro show in October, so we still need to make sure that we are training to enhance our body composition for next time. Mm-hmm. So our sessions can't just still become randomized. No. So all the uh, things we spoke about, we still put in place. We need to make sure we're eating enough food so we don't lose the muscle mass, mm. which is it's probably better to be in that position because you're better off overeating than under in this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and things like that. So all So those things that will get us closer to the next time on stage are still in place. But we're not as anal about it. No. It's like, enjoy other things. And in, I guess, my improvement season, I always unconsciously have more of a health focus. Everything I do is more for a health perspective. Mm. You know, I'm looking at, you know, my fat sources and my hormones and my sleep and Mm. exercising for health and moving and mental health. And I just, I sort of step away from fitness as such. And I think that's just a bit of a value of mine is just having that health perspective. And I think that's good because you do need to prioritize those things. And unfortunately, deep into a comp prep, you're not healthy. Yeah. And that's the sad thing because the two words, health and fitness, they're always paired together, but they're so separate. Fitness is more the aesthetics, how you're looking. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. That's the whole, I'm shredded. I look really sexy in my photo shoot, but I feel like shit. And then health. Like you're a human, you're functioning well, your hormones are in check, you're moving. You're free of disease. Free of disease. Exactly. Well, yeah, pretty much. So uh, it's cool that you are focusing on that. And, and as we continue to grow and progress, 
we want to try and combine both and that's the message that we're trying to give to you guys is to maximize the fitness side but not compromising the health Mm, yeah and I guess understanding that all extreme sports do have that component of at some stage taking it a little too far being unhealthy. Yeah. It's just, it's the nature of the sport at any any extreme level. Yeah. But then giving back, like I'm so big on giving back to my body Yeah, um, in my off season, making sure I'm just repaying that sleep debt and yeah. I'm giving back to my relationships and my, my family and friends and, you know, the other sides, my creative side and it just giving back to yourself. That's a really nice way to put it. You're giving back. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like we ask. That's beautiful. We ask so much of our bodies when we diet and we compete, and you put yourself through immense amounts of stress. Mm. So you know, even when I'm coming in um, towards the end of a show, like prepping, I sort of in the back of my mind, I know that 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 nurturing is coming up. Yeah. So it's sort of like it's nice. It's like yeah, I'm, it's gonna I'm about okay. to. It's gonna be okay. I'm preparing a nest, and I'm just gonna swaddle in there for a Aww, while. That's cute, man. <laughs> I'm looking out for myself. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, we went off on a lot of tangents, but that's cool. We want to make these podcasts based on our personal stories too. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's always cool. I always learn so much about you in these things. It's brilliant. Um, So hopefully you guys too, which is cool. We just want to know that you're never alone in this journey. You know, most people have gone through what you're going through now and we're going through it as well. So it's important to keep communicating with people, asking for help, questioning yourself and your motives, why you're doing certain things and really make sure that your health is the underlying factor in anything you do, anything, because it's so important. Mm. Well, it's, it's the it's going to be the thing that gives you longevity in competing as well. Yep. Like anyone can burn themselves into the ground and diet hard and look somewhat decent if they've got the muscle mass there. But it's what happens after the show and mm. post comp that matters because are you going to come back? Like no one's going to remember you unfortunately in 5 10 year time in 5 or 10 years time for competing. Yeah. You know, it's about making your footprint in the fitness industry not just as a competitor but as a role model and Mm. and role modeling the behaviors that you do like all good competitors should yeah you often hear you know i want to help everyone and this and that but it starts by practicing what you preach not doing it for the validation of others because i definitely didn't start this thinking i'd be on a podcast with sherelle you know helping people out i never went in saying i want to help people first i just wanted to help myself to be honest because i needed help Mm. and then you learn and learn what works and you share ideas with others and that's how you organically end up helping people yeah and i think everyone starts out doing it like that we all have an like a a motive an internal motive that gets us into competing Mm. but then it's what you get out of the process and you see in the other areas of your life that you evolve in like what we spoke about last week yeah um but it's just as important, I guess, to have a plan navigating outwards. And that's what, you know, we were here to talk to you guys about today. Definitely. I guess just the main take home is have a plan in place. Keep your coach on board as well. Yeah. Keep the processes that did serve you. You don't have to be holding the reins as hard, but keep them in place because that's what makes made you feel good in the first place. Mm. And, you know sit down for pen and paper right now and write down what those processes are. I know that when I've done that, I'm like, okay, what makes me feel good? If Mm. I could write down what my ideal day is, what would it be? It's getting up early. It's having my morning coffee. It's going for my morning walk. It's doing these small things that set you up for success. And if I, and I was like, okay, if all these processes are in my control, why don't I do them every day? Mm. You know? And then you sort of think about, okay, why don't I do them every day? What's mm. stopping me? Mm. Okay, how can I break that down to make sure that I do do these things? And, you know, if you sort of wake up, I can't bother. And then you just think, but this, is, this makes me feel good. This sets up my day. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, so pick one or two if yeah. you've left all of them to yeah. the wayside. And just dissect what those things are. You might mm. not have actually thought about what they are. Yeah. What are the things? 
you know, some people say, oh, I shouldn't have coffee in the morning. That's one of my things. Yeah, if I'm it like, makes you feel good. My damn caffeine shot sets me up. Yeah, if, if the physical act of sitting down with a coffee is going to help you for the rest of the day, bloody do it. Yeah, it's, yeah and, and set goals, life goals in other areas that aren't just about competing. Mm. Very important too. Mm. And it gives you something to work towards and look forward to. Yeah. Oh, and something that I just did want to um, touch on that we didn't touch on in the podcast, but that's okay. This still is the podcast. <laughs> um, is, Come on, I'll leave. Hurry up. Yeah, no, quick. Don't go anywhere, guys. With your training, have different focuses. So performance-based, practice skills again. Yeah. You don't need to burn in yourself into the ground. Play yeah. around with balance. Yeah. Work on your rear delt or something small like that. Have fun with it, man. I reckon that's the best bit. Do a pole dancing class. Do pole dancing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Have different... I actually saying that in Bali the other week. I was like, I'm going to do a boxing class. Oh. Rolled me ankle. <laughs> I'm fierce. He was like, you're really. You don't kick in boxing. No, it was kicking. It was kick. It was. It was a bit of both. It was tie boxing. You turned it into tie boxing. I was like, look, I want to kick you. Yeah. <laughs> there but you go. I went flat on my ass about three times. Oh. And I rolled my ankle, and I was like, oh, you know. You yeah, get... you get to work on your ankle stability. Yeah. He's like, Win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what stability now? Yeah. He's like, you're a CrossFitter. I'm like. It's an, oh, it's an insult. Don't insult me. <laughs> Sorry, Alyssa. I love you. <laughs> but you know, you know, try things out. Yeah. Be wary of your own strength. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it keeps it fresh and exciting. I mean, one of the biggest challenges that coaches have are to consistently get you to do the things that work and not get bored. Mm. You know, that's that's a big ch- um a big challenge is to keep you training. And not get bored of it. Mm. You know, routine is great, but when it if you're coming to the gym, you know, you've got five sets of heavy squats, you know, you do that for three years, you're getting tired. You need to have cycling training phases and, you know, someone else to program for you. Yeah, so in your building season, that's a time where you can play around with other things because when you are in that comp, I don't care if you're bored or not. If you want to do it well, you do it well. Mm. So now's the time to experiment. Yeah, you can't just, when you are competing, you can't just fluff in and be like, no, I feel like upper body. Yeah. You can't really do that. Nah. You sort of, you've got your training and that's what you need to do. So yeah, in your off season, you know, have a play around because you do have that flexibility. You've got more cognition, more food to play with, more flexibility. Uh, you don't have to be so regimented. It's okay. That's it. Yeah. So we spoke about some of the tips and tricks that we used amongst our own personal experiences with post-comp and competing season is coming so if you do need to listen to episode five again i would really take those tips seriously because the more you implement that the less repercussions you'll feel after the show as well and if you are needing help reach out reach out to sherelle myself reach out to people who are in the loop of what competing is and just get help because it is a tough time this whole thing's so rewarding but the experience is designed to challenge you and that's what makes it more rewarding. So you're not alone. We just want to remind you of that. Yeah, the bigger the climb, the better the view. And I think if, <laughs> you, you, have, if you have the support going into a comp, it's just as important to keep that support there coming out of it because they understand the struggles that you went through um, and having them there at the finish line is really, really good for you mentally to be able to reflect and say, look, hey, I'm not doing okay. Because like I said, it's the same as postnatal depression. You have a big event. It's okay to not be okay. Mm. And I think more people need to speak up about that because I know I really do feel like it's just women in the last few years that have come out and said, I reckon we've created post-depression. Women? Probably. Like, does it happen? Well, guys probably just don't talk about it. Yeah. No true. doubt they'd feel it, mm. but um, they probably don't, yeah, talk about it yeah. as much as us. But you do see, I guess, um, a lot more girls these days coming out and saying, look, I'm really not okay. Yeah. And it's generally the ones that have gone out and put on 10, 20 kilos in a short amount of time because it does happen. Yeah. Um, they've lost those processes. Yeah. And that's the result of that. And mm. they're just feeling so lost. They just don't know where to get, how to get back on track. And yeah. You know, I think the the first point to turn to is your friends and family and realise that 
there is a coming you can come back from that it's okay it's okay definitely mm. do you want to wrap us up yeah so guys thank you again for tuning in we hope that you're enjoying our i guess our competing series yeah we will be i guess talking more about competing as both danny and i begin a prep this year mm. uh, and compete alongside each other so that'll be really exciting it's exciting but if you did get anything out of this episode itself please do take a screenshot share it on your instagram story tag myself tag danielle and tag the level up podcast Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.